this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bidvoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. Oh, much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Avery Sunshine's our guest. She's got a new podcast, a new makeup line, and new music. Cafe Mocha begins now. We know Avery Sunshine is a singer, songwriter, pianist. But last year, she kicked off the Hey Sunshine show. And in 2020, she launched the Louvre Mac Beauty Cosmetic line. She is a busy lady, but she's taking time to stop by Cafe Mocha. Welcome, Avery. Thank you. You make me feel so good. And look, I was about to say, who are you talking about? <laughs> hey, you, Sunshine. You now, before Yo-yo. we get into the business stuff, how are you in the cheering? Yeah. I was just about to say, we got all these great nieces and nephews and children. We're doing great. The baby, we call her Jelly Bean. She just turned three on August 1st. So she keeps us busy. And then, so she's the youngest of the new set of kids. And our eldest set, 22, 21, and 20, the baby boy is getting ready to graduate from Berkeley College of Music, y'all. Full ride. He graduated senior. So. And look at my daughter got a job. She got benefits. Y'all, I'm <laughs> excited to talk today. We love it. I know how that feels when they get a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she hates, of course, they hate when I tell all that stuff. But I, I feel like I'm turning into my mom, mm. sharing all the great stuff. Because life yeah. be out where they say life be out here lifing. And yeah. there's still great things that are happening. Yeah. That's the thing that, you know, you know, you know, how are you balancing motherhood and being this fabulous performer? I love that you said fabulous. That makes me feel good. I keep my almost 85 year old mother around me, which y'all already knew about a 85 year old lady. and She's going to tell the truth all <laughs> the time. Mm-hmm. And so I can't help but keep my feet on the ground and and and, and stay grounded. These children help these, this new set of kids, you know. From wanting to play Fortnite and we got to throw games outside and put a, a parental. So I don't, we don't even have to know how to use the phone and we got to figure out how to put parental <laughs> uh, uh, locks on stuff. I'm like, I, but that stuff keeps us centered and grounded or the three-year-old learning how to FaceTime us. So I'm about to walk on stage and she's FaceTiming over and over and over uh, until yeah. so she won't stop. Right. Until, until you answer. Until I answer. <laughs> Until I answer. And, so, and then she just looks at me. She says, Auntie Niece. And then she waits. I'm like, I, you, you can't hang up on the baby. I mean, I do hang up, but you're not supposed to. But that keeps me grounded. I love it. Uh, Avery, tell us about the new set of kids. Lord have mercy. Help us, Lord. So, it, again, I'm telling you, God is so amazing. And I'm going to try not to give y'all the whole shebang, but at least so you'll know. So Dana and I, my amazing husband. This is my second and last and the best marriage, right? Okay. Um, so 
well, we got married six years ago, but I was what, almost 41. And he, I was like, hey, no, we need to have some children. We should really have some babies. We should consider it because we ain't got nothing together. And the way life would have it, my niece has been blessed with these three amazing children. And she's in a space in her life where she needs some real help. And so God has, listen, deposited these amazing children in our lives. So we have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and the three-year-old. You know, again, as life would have it, I ended up with not one, but three little people. So, and Aww. I got such an amazing husband, y'all, who, you know, and I get it, family, the in-laws, it's one thing to deal with your blood, but it's quite another thing when the in-laws are bringing you know, and dragging and pulling stuff in there. And my, what I will say about my husband, he loves these children just like they are his own. Oh. So I am super grateful and honored. And they get on my nerves, but I, I say <laughs> I'm grateful. Y'all know, y'all know. And yeah. Listen, Jelly Bean, what we call the baby, we let her spend the night one good time. So my mom and my sister, who is, who is their grandmother, they live down the street, super close to us. So we co-parent with them. So we usually the kids are with us during the day and then they go into the house at night because I, I got to sleep. So one good night, Jelly Bean spent the night over here. When she woke up, we were in an H formation. Me and Dana were on either side and Jelly Bean's feet were on his neck <laughs> and her head was on my chest. And when I say we were swimming, she I, I don't I know I can't cuss. I'm gonna cuss on here because y'all are holy. But y'all she had gone to town in the night night. On both of us. I was like, that's our last time. She ain't oh. sitting right over here no more. Oh. Did. I mean, that's the whole bed, huh? And everybody. The whole, the whole entire pillows, the whole thing. I was like, you know, oh. I don't need no babies. That's funny. I don't need no babies. Yeah. this new album you have, four songs and a bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, I mean, y'all, please. So look, y'all, the bootleg part in 2019, we did a, uh, a live recording here um, in Atlanta, mm. and it was right when uh, COVID was just gearing up, and I think I was sick the night of the recording. We had like a bunch of people on the guest list, and right before the show, people were calling like, we can't make it, we don't feel good, at any rate, so... I didn't like the recording. I wasn't happy because there was so much flux, whatever, everything's happening. And so then the pandemic, we're in full-fledged pandemic mode and we're at the house and I'm writing music. That's where the four songs comes from. So about six or seven months ago, we were like, we need to put some music out. Why not just, why not just give folks the stuff that we were working on during the pandemic, these four songs? And my husband was like, well, what about the, the live recording? I was like, no, because I sounded sick. Don't nobody want to hear that. I, I ain't sound my best. He said, let's just listen to it. So we listened to it. And when I heard it, it sounded real. Crack mm. notes, a little bit pitchy, but it was, it felt real. And I, it's what my shows are like. And I said, why not let the world hear what we do? And I think I had to deal with the thing, that, and I know y'all know, but the fact that so many people are able to record us in real time mm -hmm. and play it back, mm -hmm. sometimes it takes away from me. I, I like the idea of surprise and every show being a little bit different, but you know, there's always somebody videoing and posting and sharing that moment. Some of those moments to me are just for that moment. Mm -hmm. 
And I didn't want to share it. And when I listened to it, I said, but it's not for me. Once God gives you something and you put it out, it's not for you anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to let it go. It doesn't belong to you anymore. And uh, that's the thing that I have been dealing with. And Four Songs in the Bootleg is an exercise in me letting go. I, I believe that the the stuff that God sent through me, and I feel great about it. At first, I was like, I don't know. But I, right. I really feel great about it. I'm super excited about it. You're going to do three nights at the City Winery in Atlanta. So yeah. tell us about the show. Yeah. And of course, we're going to relive a little bit of the uh, the bootleg part of the of <laughs> the album. And this might be one of my last stints at the City Winery. Y'all know the, the, it's, a, it's three nights, but it's four shows. Oh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So for singers, y'all, I'm... Them long stints like that without a night night or a, a little bit of relax is a, is a lot. Right. It's a lot. So, but I'm excited. I'm looking, my mom is going to be at all the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's going to be singing background with me and it should be really great. I'm excited. And these shows are actually shows that it's, it's a makeup show because we Wait, were yeah. supposed to do it early this year. And of course we got COVID and, and couldn't do the show. So okay. we're ready. <laughs> Your daughter is singing background. Did I hear that correctly? My, da- my daughter is singing background. She Shut is a producer, up. a <laughs> pianist. See, y'all, she's got music. Drew the Rue. You got to check her out on, on Apple Music. Just Drew. And she's got a, a song called Last Call. I didn't ask her what it was all about because I don't want to <laughs> know about all her shenanigans. Don't even express to me. I ain't ready for it. But yeah, is she put out a, a song during the pandemic. Wow, she looks like you. A first impressions with last call. Oh, can you listen? Wait till you you gotta hear. So look, y'all, the kids be over there. They different. These kids are they different. Yeah, she was over in that room and quiet and stuff. And it was like four or five days I didn't hear from her. I was like, but she in the next room. She came out. (laughs) She had a song on app on iTunes. I was like, who who does that? That's what they do. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, Avery Sunshine. You can catch her at the City Winery uh, in Atlanta, September 14th, 15th, and 16th. Also, you know, you launched Lomag Beauty in 2020. What got you interested in the cosmetics line? Yeah, well, Lomag is, uh, y'all, I I like lipstick. If I don't have anything else I'm wearing, (laughs) I like lipstick, right? Uh, and yeah. the interesting thing about me and lipstick it wasn't until maybe six or seven years ago, I would not wear bright lipsticks. I wouldn't wear bright colors because I thought my lips were too big. Oh, how horrible is that? The phone should just mm. cut off right now. It should it should just stop. But I was I thought my lips were too big. And Ain't no such had, thing. But so what's so interesting is and, and you know what that comes from, right? From all the stuff that we've seen, from all the stuff that's been... And listen, church didn't help. You don't wear no red lipstick. You be right. a harlot. And you better Ooh, yeah. all of that. Jezebel. Because, mm. you know, all that foolishness. So during the pandemic, I was spending time with mom and the family. My mom let me see some pictures of my great-grandmother, whose name is Lou Mack. And I started asking questions, called some of my, my cousins, and I found out that my great grandmother was a, a nursemaid and she took care of, of white folks' children while my grandmother sat, you know, in, 
in the grass playing. My great grandmother taking care and washing somebody else's clothes. And, and she was a Pentecostal preacher. She was a property owner. She was a single parent. And I've seen any pictures of my great grandmother holding my, my grandmother. The pictures I saw were of my great grandmother holding a white baby. Mm. And I looked at her, I looked at her lips, I looked at them full bosoms, I looked at her full hips. I was like, how dare, how dare I deny the beauty mm-hmm. that is in these full, these full lips and these full bosoms and, this, and these full hips. How dare I? Mm-hmm. So from that moment on, I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure there's a bright lip or every, every chance I get. You're going to see my lips, my eyes, my <laughs> hips, every bit of it. And I'm going to honor not just my great grandmother, but the blackness mm-hmm. that deserves to be honored and appreciated. And uh, so that's what Lumac is. And I am not necessarily trying to be the next. I don't know. But I want to share the little bit that I have with my sisters of color, you know, so I've curated this line for women of color to wear these bright colors, oranges, pinks, and reds, and and some other stuff mixed in there. As simple as that. Your lips are beautiful. You know how many people, they pay five and $10,000. Thank you. Thank you. Women and men too. Trying to get some. But listen, y'all, yes, but y'all know how warped it did not even occur to me how horrible that thinking and how affected I was mm-hmm. by what other people were saying or even by what I saw. Because it, it wasn't all just about what I heard people saying. It was about what we saw, what was beauty, you yes. know, what we thought beauty was. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, I thought I, I knew I needed to do that for my daughter, for my children. You need to know that I love my pinky hair and I love my my lips and I love my blackness. You know, you are it. you are one of the most stylish singers out here, Avery. <laughs> yes. Seriously, your beauty, your face, love you me. know, it's just like you said, that European standard of beauty. There it is. The reason why we, you know, were always meant to feel like we were not attractive is because you you didn't see us. And now it's yes. a new day. Now Absolutely. that's why we push for black creatives. And, and I'm so happy Absolutely. that you came out with this line, uh, Lou Mac, because it's important for us to know that I remember the first season of me doing the real, they didn't want me to yes. wear purple lipstick. It was a like, no purple lips. And I'm like, mm, it's not like purple. Like, you know, I got been smoking weed really? purple. It's like a beautiful purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, black lips. it wasn't blur- like black lips. It wasn't blurful. Yeah. It wasn't blurful. No, no. And it's just but like, they no. actually said that? Yeah, and they, they actually, actually said it to you? Mm-hmm. They was like, no, no, no purple lips. And I was like, mm, yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a wear purple lips. <laughs> and that's when I started Absolutely. wearing purple, red, orange, pink, light, Absolutely. you know, and it's just, Absolutely. And, and they get used to it. That's right. What's sad to me is that we are taught, trained from early on that what we look like isn't enough. But then, as Lonnie pointed out, you look around and they're trying to thicken their hair and they're trying to thicken, you know, they're trying, they're Mm -hmm. tanning, Mm -hmm. they're getting the lips. And it's only Mm -hmm. gotten worse. When we were kids, it was like they wanted a tan Mm -hmm. and they wanted a perm so they could have some early hair. Mm -hmm like ours kind of is naturally. And now they That's get in the right. butts and they get in the, I mean, I used to have a big butt and now I look around, <laughs> I was at a restaurant and there was this woman, I won't say what race she was, but her <laughs> looked like mine and yours put together. And I'm like, really? Girl. It was our age. Girl. Okay? 
Listen, and, did and you, you say? Because I love that. I love that because I was gonna say my left when where one of the uh, the cheeks say, "Hey, how you doing?" The other one say, "Fine, how are you?" Is like that, right? <laughs> That's the kind of I got. It's the truth. Yeah, it's it, the it, truth. It, it, and when you think about music also, I just was looking at this vibe cover where an artist is wearing his fur jacket, his shorts, he got the cake with the candles, you know, black artists on the yeah. cover of Vibe or one of these magazines mm-hmm. rocking that. They already label him as pimp or this and this. And then, mm-hmm. you know, another a Jack Harlow, maybe. Right. Wears it and it's fashion. Yeah. And it's over the top. So I I get it. And it's so good when you can come out of your skin and live within your truth and be comfortable. Definitely. Last year, you launched the Hey Sunshine show. What can fans expect? You know, it's so interesting. Uh, One of our upcoming episodes, we're interviewing. Now, I am nothing. I I don't do what you guys do. I just I just have y'all can tell I just be talking, just saying whatever. And I just invite people on the Hey Sunshine show to just talk to me and so into me. And one of the, the shows coming up, we're going to have Don D.C. Curry on and we're just talking. And so that's what the Hey Sunshine show is. You know, I hate to call it a podcast because I don't think I'm uh, dope enough to call it a podcast. I guess we, again, just saying anything, but we have a really good time. You might get to see me record or my husband recording or it's just a a little extra into into the life of Avery Sunshine and another way for people to stay connected because let's be real y'all the social media stuff is different if you think the people that uh, are looking at IG and Facebook are people that are following you that all those algorithms and all things are so different Mm -hmm. so we've got to find we found a way with the Hey Sunshine show to tap into the people who want to see what we're doing and to stay connected with us. So hopefully you guys will come on and, and because I'm fan, I'm a fan of all of you and y'all, y'all be on my show and teach me how to do this. And again, it's just a, a, a way for us to stay connected. And I will say it started out of my husband and I needing to stay sane mm-hmm. during the pandemic. That oh. what are we going to do? We got to figure out something. And what we did, uh, I think one of the first things, we did a Facebook Live. We did a show. My husband uh, played guitar. My son played the drums. And I played keys and sang. And I, I can, I think we may have had upwards of two hundred to 300,000 people watching. Mm. And we were like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, we got to figure something else out here. And that, that's how it started, y'all. Wow. You know what, Avery, you continue to entertain us. You continue to inspire us. And we love that you do that. And we always wish you well. You know, you can catch Avery Sunshine at the City Winery in September, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, or catch her on the Hey Sunshine show and also support Lomac Beauty. Thank you, Avery, for stepping in the Cafe Mocha. Mm-hmm. Thank and you that, for having me, my beautiful <laughs> sisters. And listen, I'm gonna send y'all some new mat. I'm just going to the website, pick up, pick out what you want, so I can send it now. Okay. Okay. I was gonna ask. Lonnie needs some hot purple <laughs> lipstick. Yeah, right, right. Okay. <laughs> and I'm definitely gonna you download that pur- new album, Four Songs and a Bootleg. Do. That's right. Please do, my dear sister. Thank you so much for blessing me today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. Bank of America wants to get you into your first home with zero down. 
Instead of looking at a credit score, though, the bank will take into account whether you've paid your rent or utility bills on time. This launches first in predominantly black and Hispanic Latino communities in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit. Google it. Black boys may start picking up tennis thanks to Francis Tiafo, a young brother from Maryland who just beat one of the greatest tennis players ever. We just beat 22-time Grand Slam champion on our biggest stage. How does that feel? I, I, I don't even know what to say right now. Um, I'm beyond happy. I'm almost in tears. I can't believe it. And a new documentary on Sidney Poitier takes us inside the life and legacy of the actor and activist. The world I knew was quite simple. I didn't know there was such a thing as electricity or that water could come into the house through a pipe. I never thought about what I looked like. I didn't know what a mirror was. Sydney debuts on Apple TV Plus later this month. That's The Espresso. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Hey, this is Claude Kelly from We Sound Crazy with your Black Music Month Spotlight. Victoria Monet is an American singer and songwriter. As an artist, Monet released the second installment of her Jaguar trilogy, titled Jaguar 2. The album won Best R&B Album and Best Engineered Album, Non-Classical, at the 66th Grammy Awards and featured hit singles such as Smoke. And so I know I want the generation that where that music was their prime to appreciate it. But also my generation to find some of the lyrics fun and use them as captions. So I want to have that juxtaposition. Party Girls and the RAA certified platinum track, Oh My Mama. Hey, it's Angelique here. Walt Disney World Resort is bringing you the culture with music, art, and food. Imagine savoring Princess and the Frog's decadent bread pudding and berry bananas at Disney's Port Orleans Resort. Take in Disney's Animal Kingdom Park Circle of Life Festival, celebrating the Lion King and more. Walt Disney World Resort is a place where you can come and celebrate with your family and you can do it soulfully. Bring yourself to Walt Disney World Resort and celebrate the culture. Cafe Mocha, Angelique along with Yo-Yo. September is Sickle Cell Awareness Month. Here to educate us is Dr. David Mayer of the American Red Cross and Clifton Kirkman out of Detroit, who has lived with sickle cell for all his life. We wanted to talk about this mystery disease that impacts mostly Black people um, and can be completely debilitating. So joining us right now is Dr. David Mayer. He's from the American Red Cross. Hi, Dr. Mayor. Hi, how are you, Angelique? Great, Hello. thank you. And representing the 313 hey. Detroit, <laughs> Clifton Kirkman, who was diagnosed with sickle cell at 18 months old. Hi, Clifton. Hello, thanks so much for having me. So, Dr. Mayor, I'm going to start in the most simple place, which is can you just give us a simple definition of what sickle cell is? Sickle cell disease is an inherited disease where the patient with it has an abnormal hemoglobin. They've inherited a gene from both parents. So the parents were carriers for what's called sickle trait. And then both the parents passed on, they did not have the disease, just the trait. And then it got passed on 
Each gene got passed on to the child, and they then have an abnormal hemoglobin, the sickle hemoglobin. And what happens in this condition is that when the red cells do their job of delivering oxygen to the tissues, they can change shape, go into the sickle shape, which can't flow through the circulation very well. And then the cells cannot deliver the oxygen the organs need, and these patients can suffer debilitating stroke, kidney disease, uh, they lose their spleen, they can have uh, uh, lung problems. And right now, the most uh, common treatment that's readily available is transfusion of red cells. And we want to let our um, African-American blood donors out there be aware that they are the best match for patients with sickle cell disease since, of course, it disproportionately affects African-Americans. I guess I want to turn to you, Clifton. I mean, he said a lot of stuff there and most of it went over my head. But Clifton, what does that mean for you and your life? You were diagnosed when you were just a baby. How did your parents even discover that you had the disease or the trait? Well, so for for me, my father had an aunt and an uncle who had sickle cell disease. So the story goes, he knew about it. He knew he was a carrier of the gene. My mother had not a clue. So back in 1984, when people got married, they still did blood tests. And so that's how my mother found out that she was then the carrier of sickle cell trait. And at that point in time, you know, they were like, oh, like, hey, we're still going to get married. And lo and behold, I ended up with the full-blown disease. And in 1987, something that did not happen that happens now is that there was not newborn screening. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until the child showed signs or symptoms that, hey, they would then take them to the doctor, they would run the blood test and do the diagnosis. So on one hand, that is the reason why I was 18 months. The good thing about it now is that because of what we know, um, newborns automatically get screened, right? So mm -hmm. as soon as you're born and you are African-American or have Mediterranean descent, you're automatically tested for the illness. Now, people tend to have children out of wetlock and things of that nature. So the blood test marriages doesn't happen like it used to. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, I knew as a child, hey, it comes of me finding someone to have a child with. I need to make sure that they don't have the trait. And so that is something that I made sure that I had that conversation. You know, growing yeah. up, just like Doc said, I've experienced so many of those things. I've experienced a stroke. Um, <sighs> there were countless nights that I was in the hospital. In fact, being at the hospital was my second home. You know, yeah. and at mm -hmm. age mm -hmm. of nine, I had a, I had gallstones, which is another situation that tends to occur. And because of the gallstones, long story short, I ended up having a stroke, which many of <laughs> us happen to have. And that started me on the transfusion program, which is why we always are advocating for others, African-Americans to donate because it's so important. So I'm 34 years old, and I've been on the transfusion program since I was 10. With sickle cell, there are so many, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> there is still that factor of us living in America and it being an illness that doesn't get its due justice 
whether that's talking about it, whether that's funding. And that's where I became a patient. You know, I I realized that the conversation must be. A patient advocate. Yeah, we understand. You know, thank you so much. Doctor, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, being in hip hop, you know, hip hop and health has been a big question. And my boy Prodigy from Mob Deep passed away at the age of 42 from sickle cell. And we know that my girl T-Boz is Mm -hmm. always struggling uh, to bring awareness you know, I'm fighting for awareness about the uh, disease. Has science and treatment advanced over the past 30 years? Yes, it has advanced some. And as Cliff, but as Clifton mentioned, just because of healthcare disparities in general and sickle cell disease, uh, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily gotten the um, focus for research uh, that some other inherited diseases get. So it has advanced, but not as quickly as it has for other inherited diseases. But there are therapies that are in the pipeline now for sickle cell disease. Most of them are still at the research stage, so they're not final and approved. Um, And bone marrow transplant is a potential cure for the illness. The problem is with that is it can be difficult to find a bone marrow match uh, to perform a transplant. And because of the complications that can occur as a result of the illness, it can make the treatment with transplant, which has a lot of chemotherapy and so forth uh, involved in it, a lot of sickle cell patients won't qualify because of the complications they've had due to the disease. For a disease like sickle cell disease, where a significant portion of the patient population needs chronic transfusion therapy to stay alive, these other substances other than ABO, positive or negative, um, come into play. And we need those kind of matches. And you're more likely, like, like a bone marrow transplant, more likely to find those matches in somebody in your same ethnic group. I have a question. The blood donation has come up a few times in this conversation already. And I wanted to know, I mean, like when we show up at the American Red Cross, can we go, hey, this blood is for a sickle cell person? Or do you guys, and I'm saying you guys because you are from the American Red Cross, but when we donate blood, can we say, I want this for this purpose? Um, Well, I mean, everybody needs blood. But what we do is when, um, you know, there's people need blood every two minutes need a transfusion. So what we do do is is when a um, African-American donor comes in, and as long as they declare their ethnicity uh, when they donate, designate that they're an African-American donor, they will automatically be screened for the trait, um, which will provide helpful information, as Clifton mentioned. And also, they will be screening for some of these other substances on the cell to see if they are a match for somebody. And odds are they're going to be more likely to be a match for an African-American patient, um, such as with sickle cell disease. And those units would be distributed accordingly. So there's an increased chance that it would be going to somebody in need because we do all this additional testing and we want to get the best match available to these patients. What are some of the things that you put in place 
for, let's say, a newly diagnosed child like Clifton at 18 months to help, you know, him have a better life? Well, they would uh, monitor him closely for signs of stroke and so forth. So we'd monitor him closely um, if he came in with a pain crisis and needed transfusions. Once they've had a stroke, they need preventative therapy with transfusions to prevent a subsequent stroke, um, things of that nature. You know, with this illness, right, It, I tell everybody, I can have it, you can have it, and the way it affects me is not necessarily the way it'll affect you. And yes, we hear sickle cell disease, especially back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I mean before my age. Well, my age, day, baby, was... back in my day. <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> but, but even with my parents, you know, it was the life expectancy was, oh, God, are they going to make it outside yeah. of being a kid? Yeah, T-Bot said that doctors said you won't make it till 30, which is horrible. Correct. And even for us, I mean, I promise you, when I got to graduate high school, it was an honor and a blessing. When I graduated from college, I literally cried because it's just one of those things you learn to live with, right? And I'm saying this to say that, and as people who are looking to have children, even if you find out you have the trait, it's not an end-all and a be-all. Mm-hmm. I believe that the reason why I'm so successful and the reason why I am who I am is because of my parents, right, and my family. So, yes, you can have a kid that has it, but don't allow the illness to make them, right? So if they're sick, they're sick. But don't allow that to be their end all in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I still had goals that I wanted to set. Um, I still graduated from college and became a journalist. I am still doing all of those things that I'm doing. And just because I have an illness, yeah, there's complications. Yes, I have to take better care of myself. But it's no different from anyone else experiencing anything else in life, you know. And that's the greatest thing about having it. You can either take it, learn from it, and move forward and be all that you can be yet having it. Or you can sit around for your entire life and mellow in it. And what good is that going to do, you know? You know you are not doing that. (laughs) Right. It's really really a, a mental thing. And, mm-hmm. and I don't say that lightly because research uh, has shown that many of us with sickle cell disease do suffer from PTSD. Um, but you just have to, you know, for, for those that, that are that are in faith, you just have to lean to whatever that is. So whether that's family, whether that's your church, you have to lean into whatever is going to be your support. Doctor, did we talk about any of the signs? Typically, the most common presentation is early on in uh, childhood when the patient may present pain in their limbs and swelling in their limbs is one of the most common presentations of the disease. And that same problem with poor blood flow due to the sickle hemoglobin is what contributes to the strokes and the kidney disease, etc. With this illness, right, I tell everybody, 
I can have it, you can have it, and the way it affects me is not necessarily the way it'll affect you. But even with my parents, the, the life expectancy was, oh, God, are they going to make it outside yeah. of being a kid? Yeah, T-Boss said that doctor said you won't make it till 30, which is horrible. Correct. I mean, I promise you, when I got to graduate high school, it was an honor and a blessing. When I graduated from college, I literally cried because it's just one of those things. It's not an end-all and a be-all. Yes, you can have a kid that has it. If they're sick, they're sick. But don't allow that to be their end-all in life. And just because I have an illness, yeah, there's complications. Yes, I have to take better care of myself. But it's no different from anyone else experiencing anything else in life. Dr. Mayor, I want to apologize for any dumb question that I personally may have asked. No um, such thing. One of the reasons why it was not only important to have you here, but also to have Clifton to share what this is and, you know, demystify it. Because as you said, may, the research money isn't really going to this, which means it's going to be up to the community to do our part. And we can't do our part if we don't know. So I thank you both for joining us to shed some light on this. Uh, Dr. David Mayer from the American Red Cross. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You're very and, welcome. And Clifton Kirkman, sickle cell warrior, patient yes. advocate. Woo! Representing the 313. <laughs> Detroit in the house. Thank you, Clifton. Thank you so much, guys. Follow the hashtag Sickle Cell Matters. Follow the hashtag Sickle Cell Awareness. There are ways for those who want to add to this and spread the knowledge of what sickle cell is. You guys can also be a part of that. To follow up on that for Sickle Cell Awareness Month, please donate. Go to redcross.org and please set up an appointment. We're having special blood drives for Sickle Cell Awareness Month and ongoing. We're about to triple the amount of African-American donors that we currently have by the end of 2025. So please go out and donate. That's the show. We got to thank Avery Sunshine for hanging out with us. For the full combo, you got to go to mochapodcastnetwork.com. Same for our interview with Ludacris last week. What, you missed it? Okay, I told you where to go, right? MochaPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you know where to find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Hi, this is Chuck Harmony from We Sound Crazy with your Black Music Month Spotlight. Missy Elliott is a pioneering American songwriter, rapper, singer, and producer. She emerged in the 1990s as part of the R&B girl group Sister and gained widespread recognition for her innovative approach to performance and music production. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super in 2020, Billboard ranked her at number five on their list of the 100 greatest music video artists of all time. And in 2023, Elliot became the first female rapper inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Being the first to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame means so much to me because I never thought that in a million years, like that's the, probably the top tier of making it as an artist. 
Hey, it's Angelique here. Walt Disney World Resort is bringing you the culture with music, art, and food. Imagine savoring Princess and the Frog's decadent bread pudding and Barry Benet's at Disney's Port Orleans Resort. Take in Disney's Animal Kingdom Park Circle of Life Festival, celebrating the Lion King and more. Walt Disney World Resort is a place where you can come and celebrate with your family, and you can do it soulfully. Bring yourself to Walt Disney World Resort and celebrate the culture.